Progressive presents Precious Moments. Nothing beats driving cross-country in our RV. This is so much fun, Dad. I don't even need to look at my phone. It's not the destination. It's, it's the, the journey. journey. Jinx! <laughs> the exchange you just heard didn't actually happen, but it could. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive, and you could use the savings to make sure that RV is always ready to hit the road. Who knows, your teenager might actually put down her phone for five minutes. It could happen. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. What life lessons can we get for ourselves from these celebrities who throw their lives on display for our own benefit? I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat wherever you'd like. You're so welcome in this class. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. Oh, my God, you guys, I'm on a high right now. One, from the Molly I just took. Two, from Camila Cabello's new album. Holy shit, I am blown away. It has opened up all dopamine receptors in my brain. I am on, um, what's that drug called? Ecstasy. I'm not kidding. I am blown away by her new album. If you didn't know, it is New Music Friday, and we love Fridays on this podcast for that very reason. I'm going to play you some of the best songs from her album we're going to talk about Camila Cabello too she's one of the topics because she was body shamed for going to the beach again this week and she did a new interview where she brought up everyone from her past including Fifth Harmony and Shawn Mendes so we're going to talk about what she said about everyone um and then also Chloe Bailey just released a new song the follow-up to Lord have mercy such a good fucking track too the music video is out I'm going to play for you the girls have me breaking my back twerking tonight it's crazy does anyone else just like to like dance in their room by themselves like you like you schedule a time in your day you carve out a time just to do that i'll literally be like hey guys like i'm gonna go dance in my room to like my roommates and stuff another topic we're discussing today is jeanette mccurdy she just released a memoir and the title is shocking everyone but it's definitely grabbing our attention and it is the title i'm glad my mom died and her mom literally died. So we're going to talk about people's reactions and what she has to say about that. And lastly, we're going to talk about some plastic surgery going on with some women in Hollywood, including Madonna, who's 63 and has gotten a lot of work done lately and is scaring everyone with how much she's doing to her body. And then Khloe Kardashian, some new plastic surgery that she has gotten done. And no, she did not fix her uneven eyes. Oh, I wish. Before we get into the topics, if you can just rate this podcast five-star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, post a screenshot of you listening to it on your Instagram story and tag me and I will respond to you, repost it. We can have a kiki in the comments. It helps get this podcast pushed out if you just post it and we don't have big companies doing that for us. So it's super helpful. Let's get into the topics and I'm going to play my favorite song from Familia, Camila's third album to get us into it. It is called La Buena Vida and it rocks my whole fucking world so here's a snippet welcome to pop culture university take a seat classes in session
Uh, it's so good. I'm going to be listening to it non-fucking-stop. I'm going to be that weirdo dancing at the gym just listening to it. But anyway, someone get the butter sock because Jeanette McCurdy is getting a virtual beatdown for the title of her new memoir. So if you guys did not know, Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly, who played the iconic role of Sam Puckett, best known for beating the shit out of anyone who Carly was too afraid to um, beat up herself. Although Carly is getting a little more edgy these days. If you don't know, she likes to swear now. Her favorite swear word (laughs) is fuck. (laughs) If you didn't know. But anyway, the title of Jeanette's new memoir that's being released August 15th is called I'm Glad My Mom Died. And the cover art is her holding her mom's ashes with confetti coming out of the urn. Pretty macabre and, you know, fucked up. So before we get into people's reactions to that, like it's happening, that is the title. The books are printed. She is selling that. And a lot of people do some crazy shit to sell their books. It's almost the most shocking title since O.J. Simpson's book, If I Did It. The difference is that Jeanette McCurdy is actually not lying. She is glad her mom died. So let's just get into the backstory of her and her mom to just explain to people kind of some context of this book and why that title is actually very appropriate for Jeanette's memoir. So her and her mother, who recently died a few years ago, actually almost nine years ago in 2013 of cancer, uh, RIP to her mom, they had an extremely tumultuous relationship growing up, probably some of the worst out of any child star I've ever heard in my life. Um, we, we often know a lot of stage moms kind of force their kids into doing these projects at a very young age. It's a big controversy about like child labor. Some people make a meme out of it, like Chris Jenner being a crazy stage mom, but Miss McCurdy was really a crazy stage mom. So she forced Jeanette into acting at an extremely young age, basically since she could walk and talk and see that she was capable of doing so. And she started immediately auditioning her for roles. And at the, the young age of six, she started working consistently. Now, she did this because her mother always wanted to be an actress herself, but she was never able to accomplish that dream. So she pushed her life's goals onto Jeanette to live vicariously through her. And once she started working regularly, she wanted Jeanette to grab onto that and never lose it. So she took some insane precautions to make sure that didn't happen, like forcing Jeanette how to count calories at 11 years old because she thought she was getting a little too plump. She taught her how to diet and count calories at 11 most 11-year-olds can't even fucking add 100 plus 100, let alone count their calories for the day and figure out how to lose weight. She would always make Jeanette dress how she wanted to and tried to make her look like the most all-American, sweet, innocent, blonde, young actress that would get all the roles. So she made her restrictively eat, work out over time, and eventually develop a very serious eating disorder that she had through her whole career on iCarly. Then Jeanette also shared that she would emotionally abuse her. She shared a diary entry that she wrote in her six-year-old diary that said she's so happy her mom puts up with her because she's such a burden and her mom goes out of her way to do everything for her and her mother gave up her life so she could raise Jeanette and she just felt so lucky to have a mom that put up with a burden like her. She literally wrote that in her diary when she was six years old, which is insanely toxic, so emotionally abusive. One of the saddest stories I have ever heard if i saw that diary i would literally think it's like worse than the diary of anne frank like that's fucking awful um then the one of the most shocking things of all is that her mom was so meticulous about vigilantly keeping Jeanette's body a certain way that she would not let Jeanette shower alone until she was 17 years old and sometimes she would go in the shower with annette with Jeanette 
and give her full body inspections, including her genitals and her breast area. Now, I can't imagine what she was looking for in those areas, maybe looking that they were like perfect enough or something or making sure she wasn't, you know, doing anything out of her mom's control or didn't have anything hidden there. Because Jeanette also said she never dated and never experimented with drugs or alcohol because she was always so closely tied to her mom and her mom would monitor and control her whole life. So after she passed away in 2013, that's when she started to indulge in those things and be able to express herself and make decisions for herself. And it actually led to addiction and alcoholism because once she no longer had her mom, the trauma and emotions and PTSD start to set in and she would turn to alcohol, this new vice that she found for comfort and it became very dangerous very quickly. She eventually woke up from the toxicity that was her mom and realized, hey, I'm glad my mom died. And she never acted since and that's why she's not in the iCarly reboot. I used to be like, oh, like I, I want Sam to do it. Why isn't Sam doing it? She's so annoying. I, I love the reboot. I want her in the show, but I totally get it now. I'm happy she's not in the show. She has a lot of emotional turmoil from that time and trauma to still deal with and I don't want her to reopen that or have to relive any of that so this story just absolutely breaks my heart for her this is not what a mother-child relationship is supposed to be like by any means it's not supposed to be about control and over guardianship and obsessiveness it's supposed to be about mutual unconditional love and having such a good relationship with my mom it makes me so sad knowing what she missed out on and there must be a huge void there and when it comes to the book title honestly I think I support it Honestly, though, you're not required to have a good relationship with your parents if that's not your truth. And for a lot of people, that's not the truth. If you think about it, your parents are some of the people that are number one most close to you, especially as a child. So they have the most opportunity to give you some trauma or, you know, choose your path for you, fuck you up a little bit. And so there's a lot of opportunity not to like them. So maybe her mom had to die so she could live, if that made sense. And I'm sure there is still love there in retrospect and misses her and has love for her but you don't have to preserve the good opinion of your parents if that's just not the case and honestly the book title could have been a lot worse it could have been like thank god that ugly bitch is dead i hope that fat bitch is burning in hell you rat at mom like that could have been the title like she was nice about it me and my mom are bff so if she died that would definitely not be me i don't know what i would name a memoir if i had one it'd probably be like i wish i was napping or like i didn't ask to be born or like i'm literally over it or maybe disassociating is the key to happiness. I'm kidding. Or maybe I wish I died in the womb instead of my twin. Kidding. Kidding. True story, though. But anyway, let me read you what some people online are saying. The mixed opinions about the book title. One person said, Love Jeanette McCurdy naming her book, I'm glad my mom is dead. Because in a world where abused children are expected to still love their abusive family because they're family, glad people like Jeanette are saying, fuck that. Another person said, y'all got to stop defending Jeanette McCurdy's mom. If you don't know the story, that's one thing. But saying Jeanette is overreacting or that she needs to let her rest in peace is so messed up. I would constantly badmouth my mom if she put me through half of the shit that Jeanette went through. And then a few people were supporting her, saying that shitty moms need help too. Don't criticize people's feelings just because you can't relate to them. And she should have more empathy for her parents and things like that. So the opinions were definitely mixed. But what can we learn from this? I think we can learn we can't judge other people's experiences or tell them that they should not vocalize them and express them. There's ways to express your trauma and heal that may be shocking to some, but normal to you. And as long as you aren't making it everyone's problem or hurting anyone else, I think it's 
fine to speak your truth. Not everyone has walked the same path as you and people aren't required to withhold their opinions about their lives and family's dynamics because it makes you uncomfortable because other experiences do exist. Now that Camila Cabello has completely broken my neck with her new album, let's just talk about her for a second. She is proving that she is an icon, and in her press week, she's bringing up everyone from her past, taking no prisoners, not afraid to talk about anything. So the first thing that I want to talk about with Camila is that she made headlines this week when she posted a very lengthy post on Twitter talking about body positivity. A huge part of Camila Cabello's brand, which I feel like no one really appreciates about her, is how much she advocates for uh, body positivity and the betterment of mental health in relationship to our bodies. She has been fat shamed, body shamed so many times by the paparazzis and Twitter alike who have seen her grow from a 15-year-old girl to now a 25-year-old girl who has put on a little weight, gotten hips and everything like that, and it still affects her to this day. She's one of the people who I see most frequently getting viciously body shamed. So this week, she went to a beach in Miami just trying to enjoy herself, and someone must have called the paparazzi on her because she saw them all over the beach taking photos of her, and it freaked her out. It triggered some PTSD in her because this has happened to her before on the same beach, so even though she's been dieting and preparing for a moment like this, it still got to her a lot. So I'm going to read her post. Um, that it was in response to all the paparazzi photos that came out of her, that people were again body shaming her, saying she had a stomach, everything like that for. So she said, Every time I've gone to this beach club in Miami, I get papped. Somehow when I check in, paps know and get me in my bikini every time. I felt super vulnerable and unprepared. I've worn bikinis that were too small and paid no mind to how I looked, then saw photos online and comments and been so upset. I reminded myself when it impacted my self-esteem that I was thinking the culture's thoughts and not my own, which I love that quote. She said, a culture who has gotten so used to an image of what a healthy woman's body should look like that it's completely not real for a lot of women. Photoshop, restrictive eating, over-exercising, and choosing angles that make our bodies look different than how they are in the moment and in their natural form. When we take a deep breath, when we eat a meal, when we allow the waves to tussle around us. I remind myself of this. I listen to podcasts on intuitive eating, follow women who accept their cellulite, stretch marks, bellies, bloating, and weight fluctuations. And still, I'm a single woman in her 20s in the middle of a shit ton of promo, and I want to feel like I look good in quotes. Today, I got a new bikini, a whole fucking cute outfit, put lip gloss on, and didn't eat anything too heavy before going into the ocean because I knew it was going to be basically a whole photo shoot. I held my core so tight, my abs hurt, and didn't breathe and barely smiled and was so self-conscious of where the paps were the whole time I couldn't let go and relax and do what we're meant to do when we get out into nature. I tried to pretend they weren't there, but I couldn't. 
I held my breath from the sun chair to the ocean. I looked at a group of toddlers giggling with excitement at the waves, knocking them over. No sunglasses, no jewelry, no self-consciousness, just the innocence of children, which is the feeling I have always gone into nature for. I knew I looked good in the pictures and thought I would feel accomplished, and yet I've never had a worse time at the beach. I felt the emptiness and sadness of our culture's thoughts that became my own thoughts. I wanted to talk about this because we see pictures of women and praise them for looking good, for looking fit or healthy. But what is health if you are so fixated on what your body looks like that your mental health suffers and you can't enjoy your life? Who am I trying to look attractive for? And am I even attractive to myself if I can't let loose and relax and have fun and be playful on a beautiful day at the beach? I'm not yet at the point in my journey where I cannot give a fuck. Intellectually, I know what I look like doesn't determine how healthy, happy, or sexy I am. Emotionally, the messaging I'm getting from our world is loud in my own head. Ironically, all the therapy, all the inner work is to try and get back to the feeling like a seven-year-old me on the beach. I'm mourning her today. Happy, silly, breathing, pretending to be a mermaid, free. I wanted to read that whole long thing because hello that was so powerful i feel like that per- perfectly encapsulated what we all feel when we go to the beach and our innermost thoughts and anxieties we have about really going anywhere with anyone who may comment on our bodies i love how she put it into words and the fact that she has to live in fear of the paparazzi is so fucked up imagine how anxiety inducing it would be to be body shamed every time you go out the beach is hard enough for a lot of people me included so i feel for you girl i don't get when people will just fucking get that you can't casually comment on other people's bodies because you don't like them or don't want to have sex with them enough everyone's health is their business and body positivity is a movement for a reason an interview after she said she was still dieting and still being strict with herself even though she thought she already looked good on the beach she's still just so self-conscious so she clearly isn't in the mindset she wants to be in yet and neither am i to be honest i went to tampa last month and i dieted pretty extremely to go to tampa and i know i looked good but i was physically hungry and i was mentally hungry it was exhausting so much so that i gained five pounds in the first week when i was back because that built up like mental appetite was just so much um that's kind of like embarrassing to say but i feel like a lot of the times i'll overdo it to look good for something that is going to happen and then afterwards i will just binge eat way too much um because in my mind i feel like that if I don't look my best, like people won't respect me. They won't want to speak to me. They won't treat me like a worthy human. So I always feel the pressure to prove myself worth via my appearance, which has definitely led to problems with um, restricted eating and everything like that. So that's definitely something I want to break this summer. And Camila Cabello is definitely like an inspiration for that. So I love her for that, but let's move on. So in a new interview for her new amazing, groundbreaking, iconic album, she also talked about Fifth Harmony. In one of her songs, she talks about all of the overly self-conscious and hyper-analytical thoughts she has about herself and every single aspect of her life in the public, one of which is Fifth Harmony. And the lines go, everyone says they miss the old me. I've been in this game since I was 15. I don't blame the girls for how it went down, 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 down. Could be a reference to their first single without her, where they went down, down, could be a reference to fifth harmony after her but this was shocking to me because one i was like oh my god why is she still talking about fifth harmony and then two this is the first time that she kind of let us know that it wasn't the group who caused them to break up it's kind of just the world and the people around them they always say how horrible their their managers were so it's great to see that they always had that like united front and even when camila was leaving maybe when they felt like she was more profitable as a solo artist she still had the love for the girls and she actually also revealed that They've been supportive of each other through DMs and stuff like that. So they're in a really good place together. And my 
um, Harmonizer Heart. I've literally watched them since The X Factor. I was like such a fan of them and would like vote for them every week. So I just love hearing that. The other three girls besides Normani and Camila are kind of like gone though. Like Lauren, Dinah, and Allie. Like no one's heard from them in forever. So at least Normani and Camila have a career and maybe a reunion tour is in order like work from home is such a smash hit and i still know the choreography so they better go on tour again okay lastly one of the most wild things about camila's new album is how she had to navigate her relationship with sean throughout her songwriting because think about if you are the most one of the most well-known couples and singers simultaneously of your generation who are in a relationship together and then have to break up and then both write breakup albums about each other like how the fuck do you navigate that like that sounds like an e-reality show someone get the cameras onto them they'd be such weird reality stars like when they like post pictures of them like sucking each other's toes and stuff i i wonder if they miss the taste of each other's toes anyway sean revealed that actually him and camila will show each other every single song they write about each other for their albums before they put it onto the album which for it would be so awkward like you're pouring your heart out and then you send it to someone and it's like you have to relive that in the moment and then they have to respond to it and like what are you supposed to say there's a song on camila's album called everyone at this party i'm gonna play a clip and then just like imagine if camila was like hey sean i wrote this about you tell me what you think and i'm having these thoughts did we fuck it up or not did we waste two years and did you get the space you needed Did you realize you don't need me? Hey, did you realize you don't need me? Everyone at this party isn't you. Everyone at this party isn't you. Like, what does Sean say? That's so awkward if she he, she's singing that right to him. Is he supposed to be like, yeah, Camila, I like it. You can put that one in the album. Like, that'd be so painful and awkward. And, like, is he supposed to respond to that? Like, what is he supposed to say? Anyway, imagine just, like, having to break up with someone and then just, like, outsell each other. Like, whoever sells the most album wins. But I feel like... Because Sean also released a breakup song about her, like, When You're Gone. I feel like they're kind of both on the same page about their breakup. And Camila perfectly writes this into her album. Like, they really do love each other and they still have that strong love for each other but then both their new songs kind of show the cracks in there that caused them to break up but now i feel like in the present moment they're both kind of pondering like was this right like should we have broken up did we make a mistake so it's going to be interesting to see how things turn out but please go stream our album it's so good but anyway in the meantime what can we learn from the whole body shaming experience from camila cabello you are never ever ever allowed to comment on someone's body even if you feel like you have the right to i truly believe that should be between that should be between them and their doctor and that is it and your worth is never ever ever tied to your appearance or how flat your stomach is or how much you fit into societal standards i love that line about how she said don't have the culture's thoughts have your own thoughts before we continue on with the show i wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about noom noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology technology and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals a lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. 
That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that's comfortable to you. Noom Way makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of the users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building healthier habits towards a better future and sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. On the movie, everybody says they miss the old me. I've been on this ride since I was 15. I don't blame the girls for how I went down, down, thinking out loud in the bathroom on my friend's lap on the couch. Wow, moment's gone now. No, you want to stay, but I think I gotta leave right now. I want to, want to, want to touch you, want to touch you, but my It's easier said than done. I think we should all start learning a little bit every day to mentally free ourselves from our toxic relationships society wants us to have with our bodies and start having our own thoughts instead of the cultures. Madonna said it herself. She's a material girl and she is living in a material world. So Madonna has broken the internet, shattered it, hit it with a hammer, put it in a blender and ran it over with a truck when she posted a few TikToks this week. Yes, Madonna is staying on tiktok staying young and it was a few videos of just herself kind of just vibing to a song but people were stunned by her face which i get a lot too not not a good way though but (laughs) people were stunned by all the work she had done to her face saying that it's the worst best plastic surgery since michael jackson basically what her face looks like since you can't see it it looks like um blown up She's 63 and has no wrinkle in sight because she has blown her face up so much to look like a bowling ball that there is no room for a wrinkle to form. She kind of looks like a puffer fish, one that would make you have an allergic reaction. Big ass lips, so big I don't even think they could function as DSLs. She kind of looks like a bobblehead of what her head would look like. And it kind of looks like a light bulb too because she's like she like took fat out of the bottom of her face. So she has a wider upper portion of the face and thinner bottom. Now, I want to definitely get plastic surgery when I'm older. And by when I'm older, I mean like 30. But I don't know if I would still be going at 63 years old. To be honest, although Madonna has never confirmed she had plastic surgery, I want to state that, you know, it's not really something we need confirmation. You know what I'm saying? It's like when a white man and woman have a baby and it comes out half black like we don't need confirmation you're just not the father i'm so sorry um (laughs) she was also in this tiktok she posted off a percocet and she literally was because her daughter commented off the perk like so she just looked really woozy and her face looked woozy and people just thought she's overdoing it with the surgery and the drugs so people wanted to know like what did she do to her face because she won't talk about it so a plastic surgeon steven Thaluk actually commented about what he is pretty sure she had done. Let me read it. He said, starting from the top, she's had a bunch of Botox, so her forehead doesn't move at all. Her upper eyelids are also significantly dropped, which is what we called pitosis. And it should be fixed, which is a botched side effect of her surgeries. The cheeks are way too filled and plumped with filler, so much so that her face looks inflated. And she might have had too much buccal fat pad reduction to narrow her face too 
the lips are injected and also out of proportion and just too big for her now people had some mixed reactions to it let me read both sides someone said i loved madonna since i was little huge fan love her but this is a hard pass what has she done to herself and that has almost ten thousand likes someone else says i love madge it's her face her body and her money as long as she's not hurting anyone she can do what she wants let people live no matter what people think though people are just wondering why is she doing all this like what is the point And I want to point out that Madonna has experienced a lot of ageism in her career. And I think maybe she wants to combat that or it's gotten to her head, given her some kind of complex and she wants to like be a pioneer in that kind of sense because she is like the queen of pop, one of the first big pop stars that is aging to this point. And, you know, God forbid, she still wants to make music and sell records. And maybe she just wants to combat that ageism. And sometimes I really do think she looks good. Like she went on the Tonight Show six months ago and she didn't look that bad. But I think she's just been doing it more and more and is just doing it too much. So I would pump the brakes a little. Um some angles look okay. But I really just can't tell if she's like scared of aging or just wants to look better to like spite everyone. But I feel like someone just needs to tell her like aging isn't ugly. And someone just like needs to remind the world of that that's like another issue about like the culture's beliefs that you have to like deconstruct in your mind um but also on the other hand i don't know if you guys have seen this but like sarah jessica parker gets bullied all the time for her natural aging because she isn't really getting any work done and she looks her age which is fine she looks great but people are saying she's ugly so you really can't win i think sexism and ageism are completely linked and these are just two examples of girls that go through this women that go through this and so even though madonna looks a little wild i think a woman should be allowed to choose how she deals with her aging so i would say i should i support it we're all gonna age one day so why bully her and i think plastic surgery is gonna be something that a lot of us do to be honest so i think we should let madonna live let her be her leo astrology sign that she is me and her actually have the same exact birthday so i have a cute little place in my heart for her. Um, Madonna actually has some really, really fierce quotes about ageism as well. She said, when she won the woman of the year, may I add, in 2016, she said, to age is a sin. You will be criticized, you'll be vilified, and you will definitely not be played on the radio. Now I'm fighting ageism. Now I'm being punished for turning 60. And I think the most controversial thing I've ever done was stick around. There's no arguing that that is not iconic as fuck. So even though she looks a bit wild and her BBL is BBLing, if you know what I'm saying, in breaking her back, I am fully on the ride to support Madonna and I'm going to stream her music, anything she puts out, because I want to help her along this journey of like fighting the fight and supporting her. And I'm going to comment on her TikToks and hype that iconic bitch up. Someone else who's talking about their plastic surgery this week another woman who's scrutinized in the media for it is chloe kardashian and people are like calling her out for her nose job saying it was like unnecessary and she didn't need one saying she gets way too much plastic surgery done and she clapped back and said basically she's not going to listen to the haters and that the only regret she has about her nose job is not doing it sooner which is so motherfucking fierce i love both of them chloe looked amazing at the premiere of the kardashians hulu show it was just like at the hollywood premiere it's the show isn't out yet but I think Chloe looks fabulous. I, and I honestly do really like her nose job. I feel like it really suits her face. She looks really, really different though. Like when people get nose jobs, they really look crazy different, but she looks sexy. And her body, her choice, 
and she's another woman I'll be supporting by streaming her show. So I love them both. And what can we learn from this? Whatever someone wants to do with their body is their choice. And if plastic surgery makes them happy, they should do it, especially women. We're not going to comment on what women are doing with their body because that's already a big enough problem. They don't need any more of that, especially older women. If they want to look young and be sexy, don't open your mouth to judge them. Why are people out here saying, oh, I love MILFs, 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 and they type in MILFs on Pornhub, but then you're going to openly shame Madonna for just trying to look cute and wear her skirts and her stockings and get some plastic surgery done? Why treat them any different than a 21-year-old? And Madonna is showing us, oh, come on, guys, that we can be sexy until literally retirement. <laughs> so beyond retirement, till death. Well, thank you guys for tuning into Pop Culture University today. That is all I have for you. I hope you enjoyed this, got some entertainment and learned some cute little life lessons and got some tea to share with your friends and make your weekend more exciting. I'm so fucking happy it's the weekend. I've had such a stressful week, but I know I'm going to have a stressful weekend as well. But it'll be like equally fun, equally stressful. My friend Adam the Flop, also a TikToker, is coming in to my universities to hang out. But I've just had so much shit like my fucking taxes. Oh, my fucking God. And homework and videos to make and just a list of errands so i'm gonna hang in there try to balance the fun with the work i hope you guys do the same i hope you have a litty weekend there's definitely enough music to do it now after all these great droplets so have the best weekend maybe black out you know could be fun maybe try that and i will see you guys on monday but don't forget to write this podcast five stars when i find apple Podcasts, and put it on your instagram story take a screenshot post it tag me we'll respond we'll have a kiki and follow it on spotify don't forget to follow it. I feel like every week I become more and more like HRH collection. But don't forget. Okay? Have the best weekend. I love you guys. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.